greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's always a pleasure to have you on the program, His Word, where we read the Word of God and hear what God is saying to us. I'm Tim Gostuva, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Even today, we are meeting to read the Word. We are looking into God being our Father. As found in the book of Matthew chapter 6, we are reading where Jesus Christ is saying our Father. We're just concentrating on the meaning of our Father. How is God our Father and what it portrays and uh, what it means to whatever we do in our lives. I believe you will be blessed and your life will be changed through the message. Let us read the Bible in the book of Matthew. We're taking it from chapter 6. And then we're just reading verse 9. In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In the NIV, it says, "Then this, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Father, thank you for your word today in the name of Jesus Christ. Speak to us and reveal what you want us to know about you through this word. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. As growing up as young boys maybe of this age, at primary school, one of the things that we bragged about was that if you did something that was wrong, offensive to us, we would easily tell you, I will report you to my father. And the understanding was, my father can fight. No one can defeat my father in a fight. My father is my father. He can do anything. So if anybody is actually attacking me and I tell my father, my father will deal with that person. It even goes further when the person says, you know, it actually even makes it serious. Now, if he's saying my father is a, pos- a, a police person, so you know that A, you are in danger. You, had, you better be careful on whatever you want to do to this gentleman. But have you ever wondered what a father is? What did Jesus mean when he says, our father? Our father, maybe the image of a father because of the lives that we live now is actually not that clear. But it is important to understand what Jesus meant when he talked about this prayer, and he said, our Father in heaven. It's a capital letter F. There are about seven things I want to highlight about the Father. And I believe God is going to talk to us, and we will understand him better. The first thing that we need to know is that if you're talking about the Father, he knows your origin, or he's your founder. That's what God he is. That is what God is. If you read the Bible in the book of Isaiah, chapter 63, verse 16, where Israel said, Doubtless you are our father, referring to God. Though Abraham was ignorant of us and Israel does not acknowledge us, you, O Lord, are our father, our redeemer from everlasting in your name. Amen. You declare that you are my origin. What I am I am because you are my father. So when we pray that God, our father, 
who art in heaven. We are saying our original, where we come from, Father, we are you. The Bible says we are made in the image of God. That basically means we are from God. We have the characteristics of God. So we originate from God as human beings. So we should know that God is our origin. If you read Malachi chapter 2 verse 10, it says, Have we not all one Father? Has not one great God created us? Why do we do treacherously with one another? We are one under God. We are calling him our Father because he is our God. He is our original. This is where we originate from as human beings. The mistake that we have today, there are lots of theology theories that have been said about God as maybe the origin of people that we are from apes or whatever they say we are from. But the Bible reveals that we are the image of God and we are from God. So when we call him our father, we declare that God, we are your images. Amen. You are your image, not your images. Amen. God is also our provider. When you're talking about a father, one of the necessities or the, 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 the tasks of a man, of a father, is to actually provide for the family. You have to work, you have to make ends meet, get some money and provide. You have to provide the food. Sure, our, our wives, they help us. But as a man, you are supposed to be a provider. God is our provider. When we call on the prayer and say, our Father, we are declaring that God, our provider. Amen. If you read the Bible in the book of Exodus, you get to understand where God's character is portrayed on him being the provider to Israel. In the wilderness, when they were hungry, all the food that they had, uh, maybe their lunch boxes that had, uh, they, take, they, they prepared in Egypt on their way out, they were finished. Everything was finished. They were hungry. And they called on the Lord. And God provided. He rained bread from heaven, which we refer as manna. The Bible says in Luke chapter 6, verse 26, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into bands. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of value than they? Amen. So as human beings, we have more value God provides for us. God provides food for us. God provides health for us. God provides everything that we need, even the, the, the wind that we breathe, we breathe. God is our provider. Actually, the mistake that we have as human beings or the mistake that we make is to think that our jobs, they give us money, to think that uh, our, our, our earthly fathers or our qualifications or whatever we regard as the source of something to us is, the, is what sustains us. The fact is, it's God who sustains us. Amen. If you have a job, God gave you that job. If you are doing business and it's successful, or even if it's not successful, God gave you that business. We are people who are under God's care. God provides for us. Amen. So when we call on God and say our Father, we are saying our provider. We are declaring with our mouths that God, you are our provider. Amen. The other thing that we have to know about a father is that a father does not discriminate his children, but loves and accepts them all. Amen. 
Are you aware that God loves a sinner the same way as he loves a believer? Because the mistake that we make, especially as Christians, we think that God loves us more than the drunkard who's drinking a, a beer in the, in, the, in, the, in the bar now as we speak. We think God loves us better and he prefers us. Unfortunately, God prefers all of us. The very same love he has for me, he has the very same love for the man in the bar who's drinking now. That's why he's still giving me a chance to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. If you read Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, it says, That you may be the sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. God supplies the rain to the evil man, and he also supplies the rain to the righteous man. That's why sometimes, uh, because as human beings we get so angry and we think, why is it that God gives the rain to the people who call maybe on the other gods? It's because God still loves them. God loves us equally as human beings. Amen. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but the long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. It is the Lord's desire that everyone comes to repentance, that everyone has a relationship with him, that everyone reconciles with him that now he belongs to heaven, that he is now a son of God, he's an heir of the kingdom of God. So God loves us equally. So when we call on him and say, our father, we are calling a father who loves us all and loves us equally. Never deceive yourself that God loves you better. Even if you are a pastor and you think maybe you are better loved than the rest of the congregation. Please, I want to sensitize that there is actually no difference. God loves us all equally. So there is no one of less value to God. Even a child has so much value to God. Even an old man who is so old has the same value to God. Because God loves us all. The other thing that we need to know about our God is that we worship him when we say our father. We declare that God has a perfect character. We are declaring that God, this is your perfect character. Matthew 5 verse 48 says, therefore you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. So God is perfect. When we say God is our Father, we declare He is perfect, meaning He has all the required or desired elements, qualities and characters, characteristics of a good person. God is good. You're declaring that God, you are so perfect. There is no defeat in you. There is no deceit in you. There is nothing that is wrong about you. If you say our Father God, we are declaring that He is God. Amen. 1 John 1 verse 8 to 9 reveals that no human being is without sin. So as human beings, we are sinners, we have sin. For the Bible even says, if we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. And we're actually declaring that God is, is a liar. If we say we are not sinners as human beings, we are sinners. But God is not a sinner. We declare his holiness, we declare his perfection, his perfectness as our God. So if you call on his name and you say, our Father who art in heaven, we are declaring and we're worshiping 
Father, we are confessing that you are perfect. We are confessing that you cannot compare to any other God. You are the God who reigns forever. You are the God without a sin. And there is no God who can proclaim or who can compare to you. There is a song uh, we sang that, uh, I think we sang it on Friday, that says all, uh, no, we didn't say on, on Friday. It's a song that just, I just know. It has a Nigerian, uh, 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 I think the roots are Nigerian or Ghanaian. It says all other gods, they are the works of men. But you are the most high God and there is no one like you. Jehovah, you are the most high God. God is the most high God. So when we say our Father, we are, we are just coming into the presence of the most perfect God. And there is no God who can compare to him. There is no other perfect God. Amen. The other thing that we need to know about the God is that he is a rewarder. Now, when we are working with our kids or our children and they do something nice, we reward them. I remember as, a young, as young boys at home, we were going for holidays in the third, uh, for the second term, second term to third term at home, and it was a construction time at home. So we said to our father with my brother, we are going to make a thousand blocks. We were young boys by then doing form three. We are going to build a thousand blocks. And he said, really? Are you sure? He said, sure, we will. And he didn't believe it. When the school closed, we started to work on it. After the three weeks, we had made about 1,003 blocks. Our father didn't tell us anything. That Friday, he used to come home on Fridays. That Friday, the last Friday, he came home. He didn't tell us anything. He just came home. Normally, he would come around 8, you know, as kids, around that time, you are sleepy or you are still awake, but you are just about to sleep. When he came, he gave us, I, I can't remember whether he gave us that night or he just came and he was quiet that night. And then in the morning, he told us, I've got you some new bicycles, the two of us. We were so happy with my brother. Our father had actually, I think he had promised us 50 Malangani each, but he gave us bicycles. I mean, they were expensive and of more value, new as they were. He was rewarding us for what we have done. We had done. Our father is a rewarder. We have actually said uh, there is a proverb, I don't know whether it's a proverb, it's a saying that is common in Eswatini, that God rewards what you do. Verse 6 of Matthew chapter, uh, chapter verse 4 of Matthew chapter 6 says, that your charitable deeds may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. He will reward you in your do if you are doing something that is God. God is fair and he rewards us according to what we have done. Amen. So when we call on him, our father, we are saying our rewarder. As we are working, as they are singing, as they are playing, as we preach, as we give, do charity, as we do all the works, the good works of God, God will reward us. God is the one who rewards pe uh, people. We are calling at him as our rewarder. Matthew 16 verse 27 says, For the sons of men will come in glory of his father with his angel, and then he will reward each according to his works. At the end of it all in this life, God will reward us for what we have done. 
God is our rewarder. When we call him our father, we are saying God our rewarder. The other thing that our fathers have is authority. This is the power that they have to give orders. They make decisions and they actually enforce obedience. As a father, you have to enforce obedience at some points in time where you can see that the people, they don't understand what they are doing. When a father enforces authority, it's because he knows where things are supposed to go or what's supposed to happen. But you as a person, actually, you are short-sighted or you are blind as a young person. You don't know what should come out of what's happening. But God knows our future. And sometimes he chastens us and we feel the pain, but it is for our own good. God has the authority. When you were underage, you remember very well when you did something wrong, your father will beat you. And when you are supposed to make a decision, you consult your father sometimes. And as a, as a person, like the young kids, they cannot sign their forms, serious forms. A, pa a parent has to sign the authority. The God that is we, we have is a God of authority. Now, we need to understand God's authority in our lives. God has the power to approve and to guide us. Amen. God has the power to guide you in your life. When you call on him and say, God, I need your guidance in what I'm doing, God will guide you. Now, because he has authority, you have to understand that some of the things that you request, God will say, no, it will not happen this way. Amen. So when we call him our father, we declare that God have authority over our lives. May it be as you want God, direct us. Now, if you read the Bible in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 8, you find he, there that David, they had to, when they had been attacked by the Amalekites and all their possession had, possessions had been taken away, they were crying and wailing. And David asked God, God, should we pursue them? And God said yes. So you have to ask God, consult, you need his authority. And at times they made decisions without consulting God or without agreeing with God and things didn't go well. We have read in the Bible where they would go to fight with the children, of, with, with any enemies who attacked Israel, but things wouldn't work. Why? Because they had not consulted God. So we need to consult God and allow his authority over our lives. God has authority over our lives. One of the things that you, you make as a person, if you want to make a very, very serious decision with your father, you go to the father and ask him, Baba, can I do this? I remember when I was about to get married, actually we were preparing to get married with my wife. Everything was okay, but I didn't have a house at home. And in our culture, as a boy, you have to have a house where when you get married, you take the wife into the house. But I started to construct a home where I am now. But it, it's far, far away from home. So I didn't have a house. And I, I, I had to, I was really in, in, in a difficult situation and didn't know what to do. What was in my mind was that if my father says, yes, you need a house, I would maybe see where I would get maybe 30,000 and build at least a two-room. I went to him and said, you see, what are we going to do? I don't have a house. My father responded 
And that was a very wise decision, and it gave me a green light. He said to me, don't worry. We know that young men, they construct their houses somewhere. We will just declare if there is anyone asking, we will tell them, no, the young man has just constructed a home somewhere. So he will get married here, and he will go to his home. So don't worry. And he made it so easy. His advice was the best. He made things possible. For me, I was thinking of taking a loan and just construct something and have it. But God, our father, my father, earthly father, gave me the direction. So God helps us. Sometimes we want to do things that are actually causing us a lot of money, costing us a lot of money. Some of those things are mistakes. But God, if we consult him, he'll give us the right direction. So let's give God the authority and allow him to, uh, uh, to guide our lives. When we call on him, we declare that he has authority over our lives, the uttermost authority. So if you want to engage to something and God says, no, you don't have the peace in your heart, consult God. Is what I'm doing right? And God will answer you. The other thing that we need to, need to know about God is that he is the maker or he's the porter. If you read the Bible in Isaiah 64, verse 8, the story is found in Jeremiah sorry, chapter 18, where we are talking about the porter. God is the one who directs our life. We are the clay. When you're talking of the clay, before you make a pot, they take the clay and they, they heat it such that there are no stones, such that it can be so smooth to avoid any cracks. So God is the porter. He's the one who makes us to be what we are. So we should allow him when he's actually beating us so hard such that we can be so smooth. Some of our characters are the stones that will make whatever dish he's making not to be what he wants. But let's allow him with the authority that he has. And we know that because he's the God of authority, his intentions are pure. And his intentions is that we have a relationship with him and that we be successful as our God. It is not nice to be hid and such that you made soft. But God knows the vessels he is making out of you. A song we sing that says, Lord, uh, I, thou art the porter and I am the clay found in the Alexandra's hymns. God, if we say, you are the, we are the porter and thou art the clay, we mean to God, let him direct our lives, make him do what he wants in our lives such that we come out to be what he wants us to be. Amen. The other thing that we need to go need when we call upon God, we are declaring that God is the protector. <clears throat> A father protects us. A father protects this family. So God protects us as his children. Psalms 121 verse 3 says, The Lord is my protector and he won't go to sleep or let me slumber. God protects us. The protector, let me just read the whole, almost the whole psalm. There's a lot of things that I like in that psalm. Psalm 121 verse 3 says, The Lord is my protector and he won't go to sleep or let me slumber. The protector of Israel doesn't doze or ever get drowsy. The Lord is my protector there at your right side to shade. Sorry. The Lord is your protector there at your right side to shade you from the sun. You won't be harmed by the sun during the day or by the moon at night. The Lord will protect you and keep you safe, safe from all dangers. The Lord will protect you and always wherever you go. God 
protects us. If we call him our father, we are calling our protector. If you read here, it says he protects us from the sun and the moon. Now, if you're talking of the sun and the moon, these are things that are beyond human control. Because this is not just a war that is started by a king or whoever is fighting you. But he's talking about the sun, things that are beyond human control. God protects us from those things. God protects us from attacks, from evil spirits, things that we cannot fight. God protects us. As human beings, we cannot fight actually the evil spirits. We can only pray and trust God and he does his magic on the other side and he fights for us. That's our God. He protects us. He also protects us from physical attacks. God protects us maybe from accidents that would attack us as we drive our cars, as we walk on the road, as we do all sorts of things. God protects us. Amen. God is also our comforter. We're declaring him as our comforter. A father will always comfort you. If we talk of an earthly father, even if you, you lost a loved one in the family, your father, even if you cry, you will go to him and he will comfort you, regardless of him feeling the pain. So he also comforts you. A father comforts you. God is our comforter. If we read 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, verse 3 and 4, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us comforts us in all tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. Amen. God comforts us. When we're talking of comfort, is someone who, who gives you hope where there is no hope. Someone who encourages you and actually makes you to stand in difficult times. That is our God. God makes us to stand. When we call on him and say our father, we're saying our comforter, we declare that God, you are the one who comforts us. And the other thing, the last thing that we can declare about calling the father is that you are saying actually God is the one you fear. When we are talking about fearing a father, we are not talking about being scared, but we are talking about Reverence. When you reverence somebody, you, you respect that person and actually you don't want to do something that will disappoint that person. That why, that's how we have to have a relationship with God, knowing that we don't want to disappoint him. Whatever you do, you want to keep in his rules. If you are a child and you have a father, you know that there are things that you cannot do and you, if you think of doing them, you say, without sin, bad. That is reference. Not because sometimes he will beat you, but you don't want to disappoint him because he loves you so much and he has put so much value. He has invested money, his time, and his care in you. So you don't want to disappoint him. It's the same with God. When we say we fear God, we reverence him, we respect him, we want to keep his word, we want to do what he says in his word and assure that we meet his standards. We don't want to disappoint him him as our father. There is a lot we can say when we say our father. I just picked about 10. I said seven earlier, but it's 10. Actually, there are actually more than that. It's more that God does for us. So if we declare him as our father, we are declaring that our God is above everything. 
He's the one we trust. He's the one we believe in. He's the one who protects us. He's the one who gives us food. He's the one who gives us joy. He's the one who comforts us. He's the one, actually, who does everything, who provides everything for us. We are calling on the God. We are declaring. When we say our Father, we are just calling him. Now, our God who is above everything, as we say our Father, we are ushered into his presence. This is the Lord's Prayer. We are ushered into his presence, to this magnificent area or place, if there is a place, but this magnificent God who is so good and is a God who supplies for us. It is in the presence we are saying, Father, we have come. You are all these that we have said. Now, as I read and came to this, it revealed to me that God is our spiritual father. We do have our physical father, whom I referred to, but we also have God who is our spiritual father. This is the father who is above every father. This is the, the father who provides regardless of what my family does. Even if my earthly father does not care about me, this father that I refer to is my spiritual father, is a father who provides for me. He's above my earthly father. We have a God who's our father who provides for us. He is our spiritual father. Well, that's the end of the program. I believe God has ministered to you through his word. Now you know that our God is the God who provides for us. He's the one who protects us. He's the one who actually gives us strength and all the goodies that he provides as our father. We truly have a spiritual father who cares for us. Let us always call him knowing that we come into the presence of a real mighty God the one who gave birth to us, the one whom we are his image, the one who feeds us. I believe God has ministered to you and your life has been blessed. God willing, let's meet next time and goodbye.